I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD. We are 199 episodes into the podcast. What is going on, everybody? I am your host, RJ Carbone. And we are back with another episode of the podcast of BD4. Um, I hope everybody's doing well. hope we're still staying safe, staying happy, getting through these times. And it is almost over. The, well, the year 2020 is almost over. I find it funny how a lot of people just think everything's going to change once once uh, 2021. You know, once we flip the page to 2021, all of a sudden everything that's, you know, going on is going to go away. Um, listen, you got to live your own life. You can't let anything else depict your mood, man. And if you're having a, a tough time, just keep pushing through. That's just the way I think about it. You know, not letting things control me. I just got to do my thing and, and worry about my part. So we're almost to 2021, though, for those of you who need to move on, flip a new page. It's always a good time of the year to start, you know, thinking of new goal, new goals to accomplish. And, you know, I mean, a lot of shits went down this year, so I definitely understand. Um, the New York Knicks, speaking of shit going down, are the number eight seed at the moment. Wow, what a couple of days it's been. You know, the first episode of the regular season a couple of days back, we covered them and they were 0-2, right? They started on Christmas, oh, a couple of days before Christmas, to take on the, the Pacers, right? They look sharp in the first half, they falter in the second half. Then they go and, um, what was it, Philadelphia at the Garden. They come home and they can't can't get anything going against them. You know, and now... We, we go to game three, 0-2 against the Bucks. Great. This is going to go well. Playing one of the better teams in the NBA. You know, the Eastern Conference's top team in terms of the, the standings, you know, over the last two years. You know, we're about to start 0-3. No, that's where they, they, they find something. They find their groove. And the Knicks go out there. They destroy the Bucks, And they end up taking the 20-point victory there, and then they come out tonight, and by tonight, I mean a Tuesday night in uh, Cleveland, and they go and beat the Cavs, the 3-0 Cavs, so they dismantle the, you know, powerhouse Bucks, and then they go and get shit done in Cleveland, so, who are 3-0, so it's looking fun. You know, it was a fun couple of games, and we're going to get into all that tonight. But um, I just hope everybody's doing well. And once again, this is episode 199 of the podcast of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Um, welcome back to the podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to do so right now. Subscribe to BD4. Go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. 
that'll take you to my website. You can subscribe to the podcast there, to the blog there, and you can also follow me on social media. Um, as far as this podcast, we are on so many platforms now. You can find us on, you know, obviously Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on YouTube if you're doing that right now. Thank you for watching us. Uh, but you can listen to us on so many platforms, you know, iTunes, uh, Spotify. We are sponsored by Anchor, so go over there to Anchor and listen to us there. And many more. You can all find you can find all those platforms and podcast feeds on my website. So once again, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Um, if you want, you can type in forward slash connect at the end. That'll take you right to the page that displays all that information. Um, guys, thank you for stopping by. Really appreciate it. Episode one ninety nine of the podcast. Knicks take down two teams after being taken down to start the season 0-2. I don't think I worded that right, but they 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 finally pick up a pair of wins though. So Knicks finally win a pair to over these last couple of days. So that's what we're gonna get into guys. And we're gonna we have a lot to dissect. Hopefully we can fit all this in in under 45 minutes. I don't want to go too long, but there is a bit. So um and it's funny because the way these two wins came has is, is been different, right? It's not exactly what everybody has been, um, you know, expecting. So, uh, <laughs> interesting start to the season for your 2021 New York Knickerbockers. So, um, let's get into things. Let's head to break. And as soon as we get back from break, we'll get right into it. We'll break it down and that'll be that. All right. Just a quick reminder that if you haven't followed me on social media yet or subscribe to the blog or this podcast, just go to my website to do all that stuff at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. All right, so game three of this season. Okay, you have, we're just going to real quickly, we'll summarize the Bucks game and then we'll summarize the Cavs game. I want to get into more specifics, but, you know, Knicks-Bucks for game three, right? You've got the 0-2 Knicks against the Bucks who just dismantled, I think it was the Warriors in the second game of the season. Um, so here the Knicks are, and they start out pretty strong, right? They take the first quarter, led by Peyton and Randall, and RJ even gets off to a better start after the two for 15 performance in, in uh, against Philly at the garden, but Peyton and Randall lead the way RJ gets a couple of shots to fall. It was a cute start, right? 30 to 27. After the first, we have a lead, but you're thinking, okay, we're going to falter sooner rather than later. The second period comes and the Knicks put their foot on the gas. They enter the half up 61 to 45. Uh, Alec Burks, who checked in late in the first gets it going has a real good second period. We get some more of that RJ to Burks combo that we've been seeing early on here. Um, and you were thinking, okay, wow, we're up to, uh, what, 16 points at halftime? The third quarter's up next. The inevitable third quarter from hell has to be coming, right? So far this season, and we saw a lot of the time last season, the Knicks have been very slow out of the gate. Third quarter comes. You got Julius Randle dropping a dozen points in the quarter. Bullying players off the dribble, playing point Julius again, but it's working. Um, the Knicks, and we're going to get into Randall tonight. <laughs> the Knicks just maintain that strong play. They maintain it, and they enter the fourth quarter up uh, 96 to 75. 
Okay, so 21-point lead entering the final period. And in the fourth quarter, the Bucks they get like one point on the Knicks, right? They outscore them by one, so the Knicks take a strong victory. Oh, and Budenholzer pretty much mills it in, not even like halfway through the period. He empties the bench, and, and there you have it. You have the Knicks taking an impressive victory over Milwaukee. Um, leading the way, it was Julius Randle in multiple categories. 29 points, 14 rebounds, and 7 assists, doing so on 3 for 5 from the arc, and 10 of 11 at the free throw line. Um, Peyton, 27 points, 7 assists. This is after scoring 0 points. Um, he goes for 27-7, and he goes 12 for 16, 3 for 3 from beyond the arc. He had R.J. Barrett going for a nice bounce back of 17 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, doing so on 7 for 13 inside the arc, 3 for 4 at the line, and a plus 21 in the box score, leading the Knicks. Uh, you had Mitchell Robinson, 9 points, 6 rebounds, 2 steals, a block, and a plus 16. You had Frank Nilakina, who really performed well in the second half once he got some minutes. 12 points, 4 out of 4 from deep in 19 minutes. Um, and Alec Burks, you know, his final game before going down with the injury, uh, the ankle sprain. He goes for 18 points and 5 assists on 4 out of 5 from deep. Also a plus 21 off the bench. Um, so it was a good all-around team win, as you can see. You know, to score 130 points and not have a single guy score 30 and only two of your players score 20-plus, that's a team effort, right? A lot of guys chipped in. Um, you know, Randall, again, did just a fantastic job on what I thought would have been a nightmare matchup with Giannis. But he did he did well. You know, he played smarter basketball again. He got to the line a lot in the first half. And then the shots started falling from the field in the second half. Um, Peyton broke out after that zero-point performance and, you know, really executed in pick-and-roll, did a nice job operating there. Some spot-up shooting, which was really cool. <laughs> um, Barrett, again, nice bounce back. He showed a relentlessness. Um, he wouldn't be denied out there, just playing to his strengths and going downhill a ton. A lot of crafty finishes. Um, Robinson, in Game 3 of the season, you know, he made his impact outside the numbers. It wasn't really special what he did numbers-wise, but he logged 35 minutes in a back-to-back -back after a night of guarding Embiid. Got to give him credit there, and he only picked up two fouls. So, really good game. I thought he defended Giannis really nicely in a, for a couple of plays in that second half, um, avoiding fouls, and he played good. Again, Frank came in, played really nice off the ball, spotted up, had some nice plays where he displayed some of those tight handles, and it looks like they've gotten even better. He's got some sneaky handles on him. Uh, and then Burks, again, raising that trade value more and more. Um, you know, looking like Allen Houston out there. Um, Knox, Knox played well too. You can add that in. He, he didn't really shoot tremendously from the floor, but he, he was aggressive. He, you know, had some really good defensive possessions too. So game three was good. Game four. Let's get to game four because everybody wants to talk about tonight. Um, again, tonight, as I am recording this, it is a Tuesday night, December 29th. Um, but as you were listening, it'll probably be Wednesday morning, December 30th. Um, but game four, man, the Knicks go and they beat the Cavs 95 to 86. It was a defensive game for the most part. Um, you enter this game before we even get into it, you enter it with no Alec Burks. Okay. Announced that he, you know, hurt his ankle on that flagrant foul um, in game three. So he was out of the lineup and you get Reggie Bullock um, who stepped up in his spot, but he was still starting, obviously. Um, so the Knicks go with no Burks, and they got the eight-man rotation 
tonight. So a lot of guys down. You know, Rivers obviously still not back quickly, still sitting out. Um, so you got an eight-man rotation from Tom Thibodeau's squad tonight. And the Knicks were able to, they, they were able to do it. You know, 29-15 to 15 after one quarter. Uh, Julius Randle off to a blazing start. You know, uh, of the 29 Nick points, he assisted or scored on 26 of them. Okay. Um, so he was just all over the floor in the first period, just doing everything, as you see here, if you're watching the pod. Um, so, yeah, he's on fire. Bullock hitting a couple of three-pointers in the period. Kevin Knox even hit a corner triple. Um, the second quarter comes, the Knicks kind of, uh, you know, slow down a bit. The turnovers start to hurt them. That was the big thing tonight. Um, Drummond checks in again. He gets a strong start in the first quarter, checks in later in the second, dominates the paint, just running a muck down there. Um, and, you know, the Cavs, after starting out 0-10 from three, finally get it going. Damian Dotson hits one. They go on a 7-0 run. And eventually they keep uh, pouring it on, going a 24 to 8 run. But the Knicks kind of find some kind of rhythm to enter the half, going on a 13 to 6 run of their own. Um, you know, in in uh, with an immediate response to the Cavs run. So you know, RJ getting to the line towards the end of that second period, throwing down a dunk. Alfred Payton diamond out assists. Um, Julius Randle kept thriving. He hits a three near the end of the period. Bullock hits two triples. You know, one to spark that 13-6 run and then one at the buzzer to cap it off to regain some separation, um, bringing the Knicks up 40, no, 53 to 46 to enter intermission. Uh, the second half was pretty tight and narrow, but the Knicks managed to hang on to the lead. They played great defense on the perimeter, um, and on the offensive side, they finished on the perimeter pretty well at 56% on 25 shots from three. So... Despite shooting just 62% from the free throw stripe, they make up for it. Um, despite the 27, that's a ghastly, 27 turnovers. That was pretty pathetic. You can't be turning over 27 times and expect to win a game that often. I don't know how they got away with this one, but they did have 27 turnovers. But to hold Cleveland to 86 points despite those turnovers, that's impressive. That's the Tom Thibodeau effect right there, right? Effort, effort, effort. So that was a plus. Um, the Cavs, on their end, they were, you know, listen, they entered the game shooting 43% from the arc, which um, was leading the league. But they shoot, again, 0 of 10 to start, kind of get into some kind of rhythm, but they finished the game just a putrid 7 for 32, 22% from 3. Um, so, you know, most of their points came in transition and came down on the offensive glass from Drummond. Um, Sexton did have 20 points. Uh, Garland had 17, 5, and 6 with two steals. Remember, they gave the Knicks hell last year, but they were able to be contained tonight by the Knicks backcourt. Um, and Drummond, just with a monster, um, 17 and 7 tonight. Um, I'm sorry, 17 and 17 tonight from, from Drummond. So, um, But this was the Julius Randle game again. Four games in a row. Right, and it's not like Randall's averages this year are, you know, based off of one good game or two good games. He's really performed well in each of the four games. So yeah, Julius Randall with another stellar performance in this one. His his triple double game. This is the first Nick triple double since Carmelo Anthony, guys. He goes out there and he just absolutely obliterates Cleveland with a twenty-eight point, twelve rebound, eleven assist line. Doing so on very efficient shooting 
going nine for 16 and a perfect four out of four from the three-point arc. I mean, and he did this. Keeping my heat logged 44 minutes tonight. That's the Tom Thibodeau that we're all, you know, we were all uh, worried about. He's going to go out there and run his guys into the ground. But you know what? He deserved it. You rest on rest days, all right? You rest in practice. When you're playing a game, you're playing a game. And Julius went out there. you got to give him credit. Did his thing. We're going to get to him into, uh, you know, into more specifics in a second. But 28, 12, and 11 on really efficient shooting. Did have nine turnovers. Probably why the plus minus was only plus four. You know, for a stat line like that, not great. But, again, he was a positive impact overall, which we're going to touch on. We're going to touch on Julius in a little bit. I want to kind of save him for the end in a second. Um, Bullock played well, 17 points, 5 boards, 5 for 9 from 3-point distance. So again, perfect timing here, filling in for Burks really well. Did great offensively. Finally had a game where he broke out from 3 after I've been ripping him for being very underwhelming in that aspect. Um, and he plays good defense. He, he actually played really good defense tonight. Not just the 5 rebounds, but played well in the perimeter and did his job playing some clutch D as well late. Um... You know, the Knicks were really active in the passing lanes, and Bullock was a big part of that. Um, Peyton, he was pretty bad for the first two and a half, first three quarters, uh, but he did come through with 10 points in the fourth. All right, so he had 10 of his 14 points in the fourth period to go along with eight total rebounds and seven assists. Um, <laughs> I don't know what he's in. I don't know what he's eating, what he's drinking, but he, he hit two more three-pointers tonight in four attempts, so <laughs> they're falling at the moment. Um Although he did miss two really big free throws towards the end of the game. But he made up for it, um, responding a couple seconds later. Um, but, listen, it's good for him, right, that he's starting to find some offense here. Uh, but let's let's be real. You know, every dog finds its ass sometimes, right? I mean, a broken clock is right twice a day. He had his cute little two games. Maybe he even extends it for you know, a few more. Who knows? But eventually, you know, right now he's deviating from his norm. Eventually, there is going to be some regression, right? He is not a guy who scores 27 points, not a guy who drops 14, 8, and 7 on 50% from deep consistently. That's going to fall. He's going to eventually regress. And I'm not trying to party shit, but he is eventually going to regress to the guy we all know, you know, a mediocre player, a below mediocre player, not a point guard, not a starting point guard. Um, But, you know, again... He's hitting threes right now, and we'll take it, right? Let's not expect this three-point barrage from Peyton to, to be sustainable, right? I was reading an article, um, and it was telling me, you know, Rajon Rondo, after being traded to Dallas from Boston, plays Dallas. I'm sorry, plays Boston in, in like an early January game. He goes five of seven from deep. You know, fans lose their minds. What are we doing trading this guy? He's shooting well now. And, he, you know, obviously he's Rondo. He goes on to... to you know, never shoot that well again, and he's a 31% career shooter. So you're going to have games where you break out. Let's not overreact. Um, so, But I'll give him credit. Peyton performed well in the fourth quarter tonight. Uh, Barrett struggled again, though. 4 for 15, 0 for 3 from deep. 12 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 4 out of 4 on the free throw stripe. Um, you know, he's still really good at playing downhill, you know, attacking the rim, generating contact, and, you know, He's hitting his free throws this year when he gets to that line. Um, you know, his playmaking's even improved. The rebounding has even improved from where it was last year. 
Um, but the jumper has got to start falling, right? He is just a woeful shooter at the moment. The mid-range is not consistent yet, although there's promise there. The three-point shooting, I don't see any promise there. He looks terrible as a three-point shooter, even worse than he did last year where he shot just 32%. Right now, after going three for three in game one, he hasn't hit one since. You know, I think he's, uh, don't quote me here, but he might be like 0 for 13, maybe more. Uh, but it's been really bad from from the uh, three-point arc. Do I worry yet? I mean, sure, there's always, you know, you can always worry. Um, you know, am I going to slam the panic button? No, but you could be a little concerned here, right? He needs to start hitting those jumpers. You know, I don't want another DeMar DeRozan. DeRozan. You know, I would rather him be a Jimmy Butler type of guy, right? Playing under Tibbs. You hope that he can turn him into one of those type of players. But it's got to start showing, man. We can't have him going out there and, and bricking this consistently. You know, from deep and from the mid-range area, it's not been that pretty after the first game. Um, so the efficiency has to go up. Um, again, he's improving everywhere else. That's the thing. He really looks good everywhere else. He's playing downhill. You know, he's really turning into a guy who could give you five assists tonight, eight, seven rebounds a night. Looks great. The free throws are... Everything else looks really good. The defense has improved to an extent, but the shooting remains really bad. That's going to have to improve. Um, I thought Knox and Frank played... You know, they, they've been playing good this year. Um, quietly, but they've been doing their thing. You know, Knox is doing his catch-and-shoot thing off the ball. Frank doing his combo guard shit, providing defense, providing shooting. That's been a nice imp improvement here so far. And you know, obviously him too, moving well without the ball. Um, I just wish though I just wish those two were featured more in the offense, right? They're, they're, they're not really you know just 16 minutes for each of them tonight and you know especially right now with the lack of depth we have a guard, you know everybody going down every day, you would hope that Frank gets at least 25 plus minutes, but he's you know listen man, the kids, it, it, this is my big thing. They got to get their touches. They got to get their minutes. These wins with vets don't benefit. So as nice as these past two games have been, it's fun now, sure. But if we're 30 games in and we're still getting the vets doing this and we're not really giving minutes to Frank and Knox, despite you know them playing well so far, it's not going to be good. So don't come advocating for the kids to play all of a sudden when we're 30 games in if you're not doing it now. All right, just remember, I've been calling for this forever. And I just want them to get some time. Uh, they're playing well. you got to reward them. That was Tibbs' thing heading into the year. Um, he did, you know, throw Frank a, a compliment tonight in the presser, if that means anything. So, you know, maybe maybe he's not going to be buried after all. I don't know. But you, you do have to think, right, when DSJ gets back, when Quickly gets back, when Burks returns, you know, Rivers gets back. You know, Tom Thibodeau does like his tight rotations, right? He's not... He's not one to run 14, 15 deep, whatever it is. He's going to, he's going to limit, you know, tonight he won eight men. Um, you know, he's going to limit it to, to 10, 11 on a fully healthy roster. He's not going to go too deep. So somebody in that backcourt is going to be the odd man out. So you're hoping that Frank, if he continues this, isn't, you know, I really hope that he can find a groove here. I'm hoping I'm rooting for everybody, you know, all the young kids. So... <laughs> You know, hoping Peyton's the odd one out. I'm not a big fan of him. I don't think he benefits the youth here. Um, Mitch continues to 
get run. So that's a good thing. We're talking about kids getting minutes. Barrett is out there playing 30 plus and he's doing his thing. Um, Mitch is starting every day and he's now starting to get 30 minutes consistently. That's a big thing. 32 more tonight. Didn't foul a ton tonight until late. You know, he kind of had four by the end, but it was kind of towards the very end of the game. Um, but he played good defense again. The offense came alive in the second half where he had nine points. Seven of those came in the third period. Um, and, you know, him and Noel in the 48 minutes they combined to play, 17 rebounds and five blocks. So they did their thing once again defensively. That's where they're going to make their strongest impact. And um, so you got to give credit to them. But let's talk about Julius. Let's do it. All right, so let's head to break. And when we get back, man, I want to talk about Randall. All right, because he's really been playing good basketball. We have to give him credit. So let's head to break one last time. Be right back. Hey guys, just a quick reminder that if you haven't followed me on social media yet or subscribe to the blog or this podcast, just go to my website to do all that stuff at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. Julius friggin Randall. I don't know, man. It's working right now. Whatever it is. <coughs> Last year didn't look good for him. And granted, it is only four games, right? But he's looking good. Guys, you're listening to BD4. This is episode 199 of the podcast. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, be sure to do that right now. Just go to my website. Go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Um, click on... Uh, the outlets tab and that will take you to a page that displays all my information where to reach me on social media where to find me um, where to find BD4 on all the different podcast feeds and you can also subscribe to the blog on my website so guys thank you so much for tuning in I really appreciate it episode 199 of the podcast BD4 we are sponsored by Anchor so go listen on Anchor but if you're watching the podcast on YouTube, thank you for stopping by. Be sure to subscribe, comment, like, share, leave a comment, download the podcast if you would like. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Julius Randle. <laughs> Last year, it was a mess. This year, four games in, he looks really good. He looks really friggin' good. First of all, it looks like he came into the season, you know, in much better shape. He, he looks like he's in better shape, uh, a leaner. He looks a little faster. To, to me, it looks like he's a little quicker out there. Um, but he's playing efficient basketball, guys. He's playing efficient basketball. He's passing a ton. He's making quick decisions, which is huge, right? Quick decision making. He's not holding the ball, dominating possessions anymore, right? He's making quick decisions. When he gets the ball, he's either going to the rim, right? Two bounces maximum. Or he is, you know, when he gets the ball in the post, he's either taking a couple of dribbles and getting to the rim, or he's fucking finding the open man, which he didn't do last year. He looks like Jokic out there. He really does sometimes with his passing, with his point forward thing he's doing. Um, you know, he draws double teams. This time he's passing out of it. He's not 
holding on to the ball and trying to spin out of the double. No, he's kicking it out to the open wing, to the cutter. He's doing competent things. He's scoring the ball efficiently. He's over 55% on the year. He's hitting threes at a sensational clip. He's hitting the mid-range like he's Carmelo Anthony in 2013. You know, the one-on-one scoring looks good. He's not going up against doubles and triples and trying to do too much. He's not dribbling straight down the middle into traffic anymore. There are no more of those spin moves. He just looks really under control and confident. His head's up. He's looking for open men. When he's in transition, he turns it up a gear. He's sprinting now. He'll find the open man. If he's in traffic at the rim, he's going to look for the trailer in transition. He's not going to just try to force it. You saw that tonight. Um, it, it also helps that you've got a coach like Tom Thibodeau who has everybody moving off the ball, right? The player movement, the off-ball movement is really good. So this is you know, why I think you have to credit Tibbs more than you do in his staff, more than you do anybody else right now. You've got players cutting to free up passing and driving lanes for Randall to operate. Um, you know, you look at it, Tom Thibodeau, Kenny Payne, right? Got him to be this big man guru. Uh, he has a, a special relationship. They're pretty tight, him and Randall, from what I hear. You hire Johnny Bryant, you know, you have Darren Ehrman, supposed to be this big, you know, player development guy as well. Spent time in the Boston G League. So you got this new player development staff and you have to credit them and Tom Thibodeau. Um, for for really getting Randall back on track here. So far, again, four games, small sample size alert, but he looks good. Defensively, he's looking good too. Let's be honest. The defense looks like it's improved to a, to a certain extent. There's more effort there, at least, right? It looks like he's buying in. So is the winning player in Randall finally catching up with the talented part, right? The numbers this year are not deceiving numbers. Those 25, 10, 8 numbers that he's dropping, they're not... They're not deceiving. These, this isn't garbage time production, right? This isn't production where the defense kind of neutralizes everything. No, the offense is mitigating whatever flaws he has at the moment. You know, the defensive issues, the turnovers. Yes, they're rough to watch sometimes, but the offense has been so efficient and so productive that it doesn't matter as much. He's been a positive impact player in the end, unlike last season. You know, where you could just look at basketball reference and say he's good, but if you watched, he was a negative impact player. So we're getting four games of fabulous play. Um, but but listen, you know, at some point, you know, he's not going to keep shooting. You know, he's 9 for 13 from three-point land. 9 of 11 in the final three games, in the last three games. So he's almost 70% on the season. That's unsustainable, right? He's hitting some really... Low percentage shots right now. Some difficult shots are falling. He's on fire. So this isn't sustainable, you know, shooting at that high of a clip. So there's going to be some kind of regression. And when the time comes where those threes aren't falling at that clip and those mid-range shots that he's hitting, off the bounce fading away, there's going to come a time where they're not falling. He's going to have some bad games here and there. The big thing I'm looking at, I'm going to be focusing on this. How does he respond to those games? Or in those games, when he's struggling, how is he going to respond? 
is he gonna keep making quick decisions and and you know doing everything else? Is is he gonna continue to you know? Okay, I'm struggling. Is he gonna realize maybe I should hit my teammates more? It's not my night. Or when that time comes where the shots aren't gonna fall like they are right now, is he gonna start forcing it again to continue to get his? Right. That to me, okay, that to me is going to depict if I truly buy into this Julius Randle 2.0 hype at the moment. That's what I'm waiting for. Okay, so if he keeps it up, that is great, man. I'm telling you, that's great. You have yourself a, a, a big asset, right? You can either keep him for the year and try to contend, or you can use him as a big trade asset to haul in a first-round pick or two, right? And you, again, you thank, you thank Tom Thibodeau for this. All right, um, but you just have to, I want to wait a little more, right? I, I just want to see what happens, you know, because he's not going to be perfect, you know, every game. So, you know, right now, it looks like Randall is buying into the system. We did not get Fizdale to get Randall to buy in. But right now, it looks like Thibodeau has reeled Randall in. Looks like, in the meantime, at the moment, he wants to contribute to winning and not just getting his own. So that's the positive here. How long does it last? Will it last? We have to see. Right? If he's not hitting shots in a game, I want to see what he does. That's what I'm looking for next. On off nights, will he continue to force it? Or will he keep doing what he's doing right now and make those quick decisions? Right? That's what I'm looking for. So I want to see when he eventually does cool off, okay? When he stops shooting 70% from three, because this is a 29% three-point shooter in his career. What does he do, right? When he has a game where he's getting tripled and it's hard to get rid of the ball and he starts turning it over, does he take less possessions? I'm waiting for that. So I love it, man. I'm for it, okay? I am for it to the max. I love what I'm seeing from him. You know, we were, and I said it last year. I said Julius either needs a better point guard or a better coaching staff to get him in the right place. But I just want to see if it lasts. I have to see what happens when he's not going off and how he responds to it. So that's what I think. But, man, the Knicks look good. You have to be satisfied with a 2-2 two and two start. Um, do I think they're going to keep winning and, and be a 500 team all year? No, I, I don't. Um, I think, first of all, they have to get healthy. You know, these guys are, are made of cheese. Everybody's going down each day. But, again, it is, you know, probably due to a the whole COVID thing. You didn't have much of a training camp at all. Um, so, this happened in football. We saw all these big injuries, right? And, and now basketball, we're seeing some Injuries, not just on the Knicks piling up, but other teams too. The Morant injury was rough last night, but that was more of a freak accident. Um, but, you know, so hopefully we can stay healthy. And if that's the case, if the Knicks get healthy and they don't have a Yankees type of season where they're going to have to rely on bench players, um, you hope that, you know, Thib sees the writing on the wall. And we get more quickly eventually than we do Peyton. And Mitch continues to start and get these 30-plus minute games. And R.J. Barrett, you know, plays with guys who benefit his style, right? Doesn't play with spacing nightmares and Peyton, you know, so much. And 
you hope that Randall can continue this and you hope that Obi Toppin gets back. Man, I miss him already. And he starts thriving because he hasn't looked great, right? Preseason, the first game of the season, he didn't look like he was NBA ready. I was saying he was all the time, 22 years old, pretty old for his class, but turns out he doesn't look ready yet. But we'll see. We haven't seen much. He's hurt. Hopefully he heals up. You know, he's to be reevaluated this weekend. We'll see what happens after that. But we're waiting on IQ. I want more IQ. He's definitely the better option still, despite this, you know, nice little, can't even say two games because he didn't really have a good game tonight. He just had a good fourth period. Um, but, you know, I, I still prefer quickly in that lineup or at least getting more minutes to Baton in closing games. Um, I still want Toppin. You know, right now with the way Randall's playing, you can't, and, you know, with the way Toppin has looked, you can't advocate for Toppin to start. I understand that, but I still want him getting big minutes off the bench in the meantime. So hopefully we get healthy. Hopefully Tibbs, you know, can keep prioritizing youth um, and, and these wins in the future. We start seeing more contribution from the young kids, right? Knox and Frank, I'm looking at them. They look pretty good so far, but I want to see them get some more minutes here. I want to see RJ Barrett get featured as the number one priority. Still, we haven't really got that. A lot of usage rate. I haven't looked at the numbers yet, but I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to assume that Peyton and Randall are at the top of that usage rate uh, leaderboard, you know, uh, as far as the Knicks go. I want Barrett to get some more touches. I need him dribbling more and getting his. He's the guy we're developing. He's he's the supposed to be, you know, that, that scorer on this team, that dog. Give the guy touches, man. Some of the inefficiencies he's dealing with is not just him. I would like him to get featured, run some sets for him. You know, he's good in pick and roll. He's good as a cutter. Get him some open looks. But again, two and two, good start to the season. We will take it. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Let's head to the NYY NYK question of the day, and we'll wrap this thing up from there. All right, so in episode 198, which was about five days ago, right? Yeah, I asked you guys um, the longest win streak in Knicks history. How many games? All right, so how many games was the longest win streak in Knicks history? Um, and that was, the answer to that question is 18 wins. That was back in 1969-1970. Their first title... Under Red Holtzman came that year, I believe. But they had a, an 18-game win streak. Jesus. All right, so that was the last time out's question. This time out, I'm asking you, who was the longest-tenured head coach in Knicks history? All right, who was the longest-tenured head coach in Knicks history? It might be an easy question for you if you're an old-time guy, if you're a diehard from, you know, the 60s and 70s and... 80s and 90s, if you're an older fan, probably know this, but um, I don't know, let me know. So one last time, our NYY, NYK question of the day for this episode of BD4, sponsored by Anchor, is who 
was the longest tenured Knicks coach. All right. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This is your host, RJ Carbone of BD4. The latest episode of the podcast, 199. Our next episode will be 200 coming up in two games. Hopefully, we're talking about two more victories. At worst, one more. But right now, the Knicks are in the eighth seed and they're heading for the playoffs. <laughs> let's, let's end on that. Guys, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Really do. Um, take care. God bless. And I'll see you in the next one. All right. Ciao. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.